Praise God. So at this time, we're going to change the order of the service. Let her come and just take her liberty. Everybody enjoy her yesterday, all the ladies. Amen. So, Sister Freeman, you come. The Lord bless you this morning. Would you stand, please? I don't need this. If you have your Bible or anything in your hands, would you put it down on the seat? <laughs> I've got something for you to do with your hands in just a moment here. Uh, I'm really full of joy this morning because uh, the Lord's going to let me do something I want to do. Sometimes He has me doing things that I don't enjoy so much, but most of the time I enjoy everything He does, though I sometimes feel like that I haven't really done my part. But I want to pray first of all. Lord, I ask you to open our understanding today. Help us to understand your word. Give us a grasp, God, of what you're trying to tell us. Today, in your wonderful name, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I'm going to read, and I want you to repeat after me what I say. Reading from Psalms 103. My message this morning is the threefold cord of blessing. This was a turning point in my life when God revealed blessing to me. And I pray that it will be a, a turning point to you that God will help you to grasp because I'm giving you a gift today that will be of tremendous value to you. All right. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is with, within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who all thy iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Now I want you to put both hands on your head. You are wearing a crown. You were not aware of it. But God has already crowned you with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there's one more verse here that I want to read for my benefit and maybe a few of you. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. God bless you. You may be seated. In the threefold cord of blessing, the first cord is bless the Lord. Now, I want you to understand that I'm not talking today about God bless you. This is a phrase that is good, but sometimes we say it without meaning it. It's just become a word we say. And, but this is different today. I'm talking about you as a creation of God. A, the creator made you and he put with you in you a power to bless. 
And don't look at me like that. You know, some of you get that, who, me, <laughs> look on your faces. Uh, yes, you. <laughs> Every one of you from the smallest to the greatest, and I will prove that in just a moment. Uh, but we start with blessing the Lord. Now, we Pentecostals are not doing enough blessing the Lord. Uh, David said, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And this 103rd Psalm, he blesses him several times. One man uh, jumped on me after service one day. He said, I'm just a worm of the dust. How can I bless God? I said, I don't know. I don't understand it, but he likes it. <laughs> and you will be blessed if you bless him. Because this is one of, that is the first chord. You know, the Bible says a threefold chord is not easily broken. So you must first of all, you must learn to bless the Lord. Now, I think that is established. So now let's go on to the second chord uh, because I want a little bit more time on the next two chords. Uh, the second chord is bless others. Amen. Bless others. And in this, I want to start with something that has long been neglected and really is desperately needed today as never before. And that is the old custom that the Jews had of blessing their children. That should have never been changed or dropped. We should have all been doing this all the time because if you will notice, those that were blessed received what they were blessed with from their parents. It, they didn't say this is now God speaking. They simply blessed their children and their children were blessed. Now they didn't whitewash them. I noticed where Jacob said Reuben, unstable as water, but he went ahead and gave him a blessing. <laughs> Even though he was unstable as water, there's no need to try to make your children perfect. And of course, when they're very small, you don't know what they're going to be. And I am convinced that this is one of the most pitiful lacks in our lives today, and that is blessing our children and our families. I believe parents should bless their children and I believe grown children should bless their parents. I believe we must learn how to bless others. We have left the blessing up to a church that does not know the blesser. And that is a tragedy. And this absolutely works. Now, uh, I read out of the Old Testament. Let's now turn to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Let me read you what Jesus had to say about blessing. Um, uh, he starts off that uh, fifth chapter of uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus' inaugural sermon, by using nine blessings. But that's not where we're going to read. This is attitudes and types of people that, God, that are blessed by God. But let me read verse 44. This could be one of the most least obeyed <laughs> verses in the Bible. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Now, what do I do when somebody cusses me out? You bless them. That's what Jesus said. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, let's turn over to Romans and see what Paul's got to say in that wonderful 12th chapter of Romans that has so many rich things in it. Verse 14 says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Now, when I read this, uh, my husband got very intrigued and he made an in-depth study of this verse and he found out something that was really alarming to me where it says, curse not, that also means criticize not, judge not, do not find fault with. Now, there are a lot of us that wouldn't think of saying a curse word, 
but we still criticize and we judge and we condemn. And Paul says, don't do it. Don't do it. Bless and curse not. This message has a deep roots. It goes way, way, way back. God started getting me ready to preach this one more than 50, well, I'd say about more than 52 years ago. Uh, this is what happened. Uh, I was, hadn't been preaching very long then. And I was visiting my mother who pastored a church in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. And it was a rally that Saturday afternoon. And I looked at the crowd. About 250 people. Well, at that point, I'd never preached to more than 35. And the, the faces of that many people scared me half to death. And I sat there and I thought, I sure am glad I'm not the preacher today. But I reckoned without my mother's convenient heart problem. Uh, she grabbed her chest and says, Sis, you'll have to preach, honey. I, I feel a little my tax coming on. Well, it scared me so bad that I grabbed my baby, 18 months old, and ran out of the church to the parsonage next door, fell down on my knees, but I wasn't praying. I was crying. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I haven't had time to prepare. I haven't had time to fast. I haven't had time to pray. Uh, I, I can't just get up and preach like that. And uh, while I'm crying so, I, did, I wasn't praying. My baby, 17 months old, come over and put her hands, begin to pat me on the back. Oh, Dodd, best mommy. I best my mommy. And, well, God blessed her mommy with, of course, she couldn't talk plain, but God blessed her mommy with enough realization that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time doing the wrong thing. So I got up and I grabbed her and I ran back to church just in time to be introduced as a speaker. I went to the pulpit like the condemned man goes to the gallows and opened my Bible just wherever it opened. I was going to start talking there. Uh, but just as I got my Bible open, in walks a man that had been a devout enemy of the church. I mean, he worked at opposing everything that went on in, in that church. His wife was a member, precious lady, sitting on the second seat from the front. This man had many degrees. He had a wonderful education. And he was using all of his smart and know-how uh, to try to defeat the church. And I had had several run-ins with him that left me afraid of him. Uh, and so when I saw him, that just sort of finished me off. I mean, that was like the last straw. Uh, uh, and I really don't know what happened after that. But uh, I come to myself and I'm making an altar call. And Billy Wilkerson was the first one to run to the altar. The first, his wife knew that he was at church. She saw him running by her to get to the altar. That's that man. And God saved him that day. He received the Holy Ghost, was baptized in Jesus' name, and became a preacher of the gospel and specialized in opening new churches until the day of his death. He, he did a tremendous work for God. And I began to wonder... Now, what was that in a baby? What does a baby know about God? And what does she know about blessing? But she blessed me. She not only said, God, God best mommy. She said, I best mommy. I best my mommy. So I was blessed by a baby's prayer. And God saved the biggest infidel in the town. It spoke to my heart. And like Mary, I hid it in my heart. <laughs> and... Then I began to, you know, go advance further in the work of God, and we found ourselves over in Africa. But every once in a while, I would think about that 
little girl of mine, so tiny, and knowing so little, I thought, about what's going on, and yet she blessed me, and I was blessed to preach a message evidently that had something in it because God saved that outstanding infidel that day. God is so good. And then the next chapter of blessing came in Africa. I've just got to tell you this whole story. I hope we're not going to try to beat the Baptist to the cafeteria or something. I was at one church where they told me that when to quit preaching, but we had to beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. But anyway, we hadn't been in Africa very long. My children were small, nine years, seven years, five years, two years, and six months old. And on the boat going over, our three youngest all had whooping cough, so we hooped it up across the Atlantic. And uh, when we got to Africa, we didn't realize it, but we went out of winter into winter. There, I mean, uh, I'll be in South Africa for Christmas, and we'll have salads and iced tea because it's going to be so hot. That is, the seasons are reversed. Well, we didn't realize that. We'd come out of a very bad winter, and we went into winter, which left my children's immune system down, and they, poor little darlings, caught everything that come along. Uh, the, my first few months in Africa, I spent all my time taking care of sick kids. I began to wonder if I'd ever get to do any missionary work. Uh, my husband was gone one Sunday. We had moved to a different town to try to start something. And, but someone had invited him to go preach someplace far and come and got him in the car and he was gone. And I thought, another Sunday and I don't even get to go to church. At this point, they had another kind of measles. I, I found out they had more kinds of measles in Africa than they do in the States. I learned the hard way. Uh, but my oldest daughter was a very understanding child, and though only nine. She said, Mother, let me take care of the sick children. And just down the street, there's a little church. It says, Full Gospel. Uh, part of the sign. The rest of it is in the Afrikaans that we're all going to have to learn. I guess it means the same thing, but full gospel, they probably at least get the Holy Ghost. If you'd like to walk down there and go to church, I'll take care of the kids. Well, I thought this would be wonderful, just any church, Lord, <laughs> to get inside a church building again. And I walked down there and got in the church. And that, they did speak Afrikaans, mostly there. Now, it was a funny thing about the South Africans, especially the white South Africans. They all understood and spoke beautiful English, but they preferred the other language. So in this church service, they are speaking and singing mostly in this other language, knowing that we had to learn it. I only was paying close attention, but I mean, I hadn't heard enough. I knew uh, name was Nam, and I knew hand was hot. And I'd learned a little bit, but not very much, not nearly enough to follow the sermon. But they did sing a chorus or two in English, and there was two testimonies in English. And I enjoyed that. Then the preacher got up and preached in Afrikaans. And I didn't really, I caught hunt here and there, nom once in a while, and, and a few things, but I didn't catch much. And I was going to go, but my soul was blessed just being in a place where people worship God. Uh, and I was going to go, then I thought, oh, they're going to have a baptismal service. Let me wait and see how they baptize. And I heard the man in the baptistry say, Et dupio in the nom von the Father, in the Son, in the Heilige Geest. Well, what happened next? I didn't plan. I didn't anticipate. I shocked myself by yelling from the back seat, God, teach this man the right way to baptize. 
everyone and turned around and looked at me and not with the TLC. <laughs> uh, I, I decided I better go home and see about my babies. So I scooted out of the church and I am running down the street and you're someone running right behind me. And this man was saying, wait, sister, wait, sister. So I thought, well, let me wait. <laughs> and so I stopped and he said, uh, our apostle would like your address, please. And, uh, he would like to come and see you tomorrow. And so I thought, well, my husband will be home, so I don't mind. I'll give him the address. Uh, so the next day when that man walked, that preacher walked in our house, he just walked right straight past me and walked up to my husband. He said, why did your wife yell in my church last night? And uh, I told my husband about it. I said, I don't know what you're going to tell him, <laughs> but I'm going to let you do the talking. <laughs> and, and so uh, my husband, with his sweet way, just smiled. And he said, well, let's just look into the word of God. And that was the beginning of several Bible studies. And a couple of weeks later, this man closed his Bible and he said, why did you leave your country? Why did you come over here to tear up my life, ruin my church? I'm two years away from pension. Two years from now, they will give me a beautiful little brick house on an acre of land and pay off my car notes or any other debts that I have and I'll get a pension for the rest of my life. I'll have it made. And here you are, you're getting everything all confused. And so my husband said, brother, we're not asking you to do anything. I've only showed you the word of God. Yeah. And he stormed out of the house. Well, we really prayed. But two weeks later than that, we got an invitation to come and have tea with them to say goodbye. They were leaving the country. They're going to the country north of us, then called Rhodesia. Well, I prayed, Lord, help me to be good. <laughs> Lord, help me not to upset things any more than I already have. Uh, though I wasn't real upset about him see, beginning to see what the Word of God says. But anyway, I wanted to be nice. And so we went, and the customer there, anytime you have a visitor, you serve them hot tea and biscuits. Uh, now, that's cookies to them, or rusks, that's toasted uh, buns, and uh, or sometimes cake. And so we ate and drank with them. And then he explained, he said, I have a son that's up in Rhodesia building bridges. And I used to operate all that big machinery. So I'm going to go up there and work for him. And I resigned the church and I, I'm so confused. I don't know what's going on. And uh, my husband didn't seem to feel led to say anything. So I didn't say anything. And we said goodbye and everything is fine. They have a custom there. They stand on the porch and see you off when you have visited them. So they're standing on the front porch up a couple of steps. And we get as far as the gate before the spirit of the Lord whirled me around and I went back and looked up at him and I said, brother, do that. If God has shown you light and you refuse to walk in the light, my brother, you'll walk in darkness. Well, there wasn't anything to add to that. So I left <laughs> and uh, they were gone, but we didn't stop praying for them. We just kept praying. Eight months later, they came back and sent for us. And so when I walked in, uh, he came right straight up to me and he said, you and he had an awful frown on his face, but I thought I saw maybe a little twinkle in his eye. Uh, but uh, I almost trembled the way he said it. He repeated it, you. I said, I go up there to get my mind settled. I'm up in that big machinery and I'm a little bit rusty and I've got to pay all my attention. And there you are standing right beside me. Rather than that. If God had shown you <laughs> He said, I go home, I think I'm going to eat a good meal and sit out at the table. You're right beside me. If God has shown you life, you refuse to walk in the light. He said, you don't even leave me in peace while I go to bed. You don't respect my bedroom. You're standing right beside my bed. If God has shown you life and you refuse to walk in the light, my brother, you'll walk in darkness. 
Well, we baptized that dear old man and his beautiful wife in the name of Jesus. And they started a church that is today a great soul winning station. In fact, the pastor of that church was supposed to have been with me today. But uh, things happened that they couldn't come from South Africa. But uh, that church was started by this dear old brother and sister Devant. And we had nothing to give them. He lost his pension, but he never did baptize anybody the wrong way again. <laughs> the next time he did some baptizing, he did it right because he was baptized in Jesus' name and God revealed this glorious gospel to him. Uh, and uh, he was a tremendous blessing. He would uh, buy an old vehicle. Now, I'm not talking about antiques. I'm just talking about something that's quit running. And he would work on it and get it to run in again and sell it. And then he would pay hall rent where they were starting a church, pay apartment rent, buy gas and groceries and and buy another vehicle and fix it and sell it. And that was the way he supported himself. One day he knocked on our door and the tears were just flowing down his face. And my husband said, Brother DeVette, what is wrong? Come in and tell me. He said, Brother Freeman, it's not wrong, it's right. Let me tell you what happened to me. And he said that that pickup that he was working on, he just could not find one little tiny part. He went to all of the junk yards and all of the place where wrecked cars were, and he couldn't find what he needed. He went to, he finally in desperation went to the uh, parts store, and they didn't have it. And then he heard about a junk yard way out in the country somewhere. Uh, so he was on his way there when he passed the biggest Mercedes that they make, stuck by the side of the road without gas. The owner, a very wealthy man, was walking up and down and cussing who drove the car last. Uh, and uh, Brother DeVette says, now, 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 just don't talk like that wait a minute and he went prepared he quickly siphoned out gas and put it in the man's car he said now there you are God has provided for you go on your way and the rich man looked at him and said sir if I were a religious man I would bless you and the old man began to cry again when he got to this point in his story he said brother Freeman I didn't answer that man the Holy Ghost did I said to him you don't have to be religious you can bless me and I will be blessed he said well you'll have to tell me how he said, because I don't know anything about God or the Bible or church. He said, you can simply say to me, I bless you and I will be blessed. Or you can even make it bigger and better. You can say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And so the man took off his big hat, pocket full of cigars, folded his arms across his chest. He felt like he ought to do something. And he said, I bless you. And he liked the sound of it. So he said it several times. And then he said, I bless you in the name of Jesus. The old man said, Brother Freeman, that's been over a month ago, nearly six weeks ago. I went to that, on to that junkyard, never been there before. I walked straight to the back of it, pulled aside that four feet high grass and there under it, I found a wreck just like the one I'm working on and the part I needed was sitting right there in plain view like it was saying, here I am, take me, I've been waiting for you. He said, I picked it up, took it to the desk, paid a few pence for it and walked out of there and went back. But he said, I thought that man blessed me and I'm blessed, but he said it didn't stop there. I sold that pickup for more. The man that first said he would buy it changed his mind and somebody bought it for much more and then I bought another one cheaper than I thought possible and he said and then three people got the Holy Ghost and at my next service he said I have been blessed in everything I put my hand to he said brother Freeman let me tell you something and the old man is weeping he's sobbing as he tells us he said we that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost 
Why aren't we blessing the people we meet every day? Why aren't we blessing our world? Is This is not something that's wrong. It's something that's right. And from this time till the day I die, I am going to specialize in blessing others. Because if a man with a pocket full of cigars could bless me and I'm blessed, what will happen to me with the Holy Ghost and the power of God and knowing the truth of God if I begin to bless others? I get so happy about here that I can't hardly stay in my skin just to think that God gives us the privilege of blessing the world that we live in. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. When I said, well, uh, then about, it's now three years ago, Early one morning, God spoke to me and he said, you are grieving me. You are failing me. I said, oh Lord, what is it? He said, how many years have you been blessing others, but you have not shared this with the churches? But before I would think about preaching it, I went to this word of God and I was shocked at how much I found about blessing. Now listen to this. If you've got your Bible now, I want you to turn to these verses because they are very, very significant. I, I read the Bible completely through every year and have done so for many, many years. It, it has been a tremendous blessing to me early this morning and late last night. I was reading again this precious word. Uh, but I, all these years, I never noticed this. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, there's some, some instructions that Peter, the same man who said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now listen to what he's saying. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love his brethren. Be pitiful. That means to show pity to others. Be courteous. Now if the church only obeyed that much, we'd have a perfect church. <laughs> uh, but, but now listen to the next verse. Not rendering, now that word means returning, not returning evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are there unto called. Wow. We have been called to bless. Now look at it. It's there. It's just worded so that we don't find it. <laughs> and there's a good reason for us being called to bless, that we should inherit a blessing. We all want a blessing. Well, the way you get it is you bless. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, this is not God bless you. It's I bless you. Out of yourself, the weakest person here and the smallest child can say, I bless you, and it works. I've proved it. <laughs> I told you how my baby blessed me, and I was blessed. Uh, blessing others is something God wants us to do. Now then let me tell you about some true testimonies of how it works. A couple came to me at general conference and showed me their baby, a cute little old boy, 18 months old. They were in a meeting where I preached blessing and uh, he said, and I didn't specifically say this, They'd been married 12 years and had spent much money on doctors and medicines and hospitals, even two surgeries. And the doctor said, no, it will never be possible for you to have a child. He said, we went home from that blessing service and blessed each other's body. And look, look what God's done. <laughs> God gave us this child. I have in my file several letters that say exactly the same thing. You bless others and it changes thing, it does something. Now somebody was here yesterday and gave me a testimony about blessing. I don't even remember who it was. 
Uh, and if you're here this morning, well, I'm repeating your testimony. Uh, this little girl heard this message, a little small girl, but there was a boy that sat behind her at school that always was pulling her hair and tormenting her and saying ugly things to her. And she remembered this and she said, I bless this man. Now, this is a small little girl in school and one of the lower grades. I bless this boy with a clean mind. I bless him to keep his hands to himself. And she began to bless him and he stopped doing all of the things that he had been doing. And she come home and told her mother, you know, blessing works. I tried it at school and it works. Now, if a child can listen and understand, I've got a backslid granddaughter. She's been backslid for many, many years. And she's got a beautiful little girl with the most beautiful head of hair I've seen on a small child in a long time. Of course, now Kendra is seven now, but she has never liked for her mother to cut her hair. But she did. And so her mother caught her one day just after she cut her hair with her hands on her head. I bless my hair. I, I bless it to grow. Well, that's, it comes under really another heading I'm going to get to in just a minute. But let me tell you, this blessing, even if a child does it, it works. Whoever you are, this works. Uh, there was a young lady, and she wrote me a letter about this. She said, I work in a large psychiatric hospital. I have an invalid mother, and I am a single parent. It's a very good job that I have. But one day, the man in charge of the hospital got up, and he said, we're going to change our method of procedure. We're going to do it differently to what we have been doing it. Uh, and uh, this is what we will do in the future instead of what we've been doing in the past. And she said, the more he talked, the more upset she got. It sounded so heartless, and it sounded so... Uh, was so unmerciful and she said I just couldn't hardly stand it and I thought if I say something now I'll lose my good job and I can't afford that but she said before she could help herself when he said does anyone have any questions she stood up and she said sir I am very upset about what you have said because we changed to this kind of approach I've always prided myself that I work in a hospital where I can help people that have problems I feel like I am helping if we act the way you have told us to act it is so merciless it's so unkind. It, it, it sounds, sounds so cruel to me. And, and I just don't know how I can do it. And he said, well, then you don't have to work in this hospital either. He said, you come and see me in two weeks. And she thought, oh, I should not have said anything. Then she went home and somebody had sent her a tape of a blessing message I'd preached somewhere. And she thought, well, I'm going to try it. My, my future's at stake. My job's at stake. And so the next day she went back to the hospital. She went up to that floor where that doctor's office was. And she stood outside and said, I bless you, sir. I bless you with compassion. Uh, now, there's, if somebody come along the family, they would have thought she was crazy. Uh, but I, I, I bless you with a rethinking of what you're about to do. I bless you with consideration for others. I bless you with mercy for others. She said when she went back to work, she felt a lot better. Uh, but said then two, a couple of days after that, she was sent up to that area and his office doors open. He's not in it. So she just went in and I bless the man that sits in this chair. I bless him with mercy. I bless him with compassion. I bless him with kindness. I bless the man that talks on his telephone. I bless him with thinking about others instead of himself. Uh, uh, and she went through this and she said, I felt real good. Two weeks came and went and there was no word but three weeks when it had been three weeks then she got a message to go to his office she said at first the devil tried to make me go in fear and trembling she said I said no I'm going with my head up and confident because I have blessed that man and I know this blessing is going to work and when she came in the office the man was smiling and he said sit down 
He said, you probably do not even know that this hospital has a fund that we give special bonuses to people who make a valuable contribution to the operation of the hospital. He slid an envelope across the desk. He said, here is the bonus. We are giving it to you because I have thought about your words ever since that day and I have realized that you are absolutely right. We're not going to use this new procedure at all. And she said she was just trying to bite her tongue to try to keep from shouting Uh, and then he slid another envelope across his desk and he said and this is your promotion uh, to a position that she had wanted for a long time and didn't think she was qualified for he said it will mean a considerable increase in your salary and I want you to know we appreciate employees like you she said I went out of that office on a cloud saying thank you Jesus that you give us the power of blessing And if I were to repeat all of the the testimonies that I have heard, we would be here for a week at least uh, because I have so many of them and they are so remarkable. The way this all started uh, was somebody put a little tract in my hand about blessing and then God began to lead me step by step and then I got to the word of God and began to check it out. Let me tell you, you can bless children you can bless husbands, you can bless wives, you can bless neighbors uh, you can bless and it may not always act as quick as it did for the lady but it always works I have not had anyone come and tell me that it didn't work if you do it with a sincere heart that's all it takes I bless you and it is done Uh, I must tell you this one it is so neat (laughs) Uh, this we was at my uh, my my daughter's uh, three teenage grandsons and they were acting like teenage grandsons uh, and so uh, my daughter said mother can you do anything with these boys and I just went and got them and I, I said grandpa wants to see you right now I marched them in where grandpa was sitting I said grandpa these boys need a blessing they're acting so obstreperous just like teenagers uh, teenage grandsons act so you bless them he sat them down and he blessed them and my daughter testified that never again did those boys she said they're still boys and they're still teenagers, but never again did they act quite as ugly as they had been acting that day. I was in a car, were driven by a young lady taking me to a retreat in California, and we were in the switchbacks, and her baby in the car seat, in the back seat, is screaming. Oh, it, and, and the mother said, oh, this is just tearing me up. I said, well, let me drive. She said, no, I have orders that I am to get you there safely. And I mean, I didn't like the way we were going around those switchbacks right then. And so I didn't know what to do in all of a sudden I thought oh no I have forgotten something and I as so I quickly preached her a little bit of blessing I said now let's bless that baby the baby had an earache she'd been to the doctor the doctor told her that was what was wrong with the baby and we blessed that little darling and in five minutes she was sound asleep and we made the curves uh, successfully I'm here <laughs> so it was good I got on a plane in Seattle Washington after two weeks of services and it had me very very busy and very little sleep I thought oh three hours to Dallas I uh, plus a few minutes I I I'll press this seat release button and get me some sleep between here and there but I reckoned without the little three year old sitting by me I mean her mother and daddy was raising her according to Dr. Spock and you can't reason with a three year old I don't care what anybody says and and she kicked me until actually I was black and blue heavy shoes she kicked me until I was a whole left side of my body was black for several weeks after that and she was determined to pour her milk in my lap her mother grabbed it three or four times I grabbed it three or four times now 
darling, you don't want to pour your milk in the nice lady's lap. But, I mean, little, uh, little demon shining in her eyes. She, she just tried again as quick as she could. I thought, uh-oh, I am forgetting something. I said to her mother, your little daughter has beautiful eyes. I looked into those pretty blue eyes, and I said, you are a pretty little girl. And then I said silently, this is the best part. It works just as good silently as it does out loud. I said, I bless those little eyes to close right now. I bless them with sleep. And uh, it was not a full minute before the lady said to her husband on the other side, she's going to sleep, Daddy. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, she never sleeps this time of day, but she, it's like something's knocked her out. <laughs> well, I kind of grinned to myself and pushed the release button and slept all the way to Dallas. Uh, and blessing worked again. I'm not telling you things that I've imagined. It's things that have really happened. You need to bless others and the uglier they act the more you bless them. And just keep on blessing them. Besides what a privilege it is to bless all the nice people too. That is a privilege. That's that is the second chord. Now that I'm coming to the third chord this is my favorite one. This is the one I love to talk about. Because there's, you know, I didn't know this and what it has done for me and for others, I just can't tell you. The third chord of blessing is bless yourself. Now, on what grounds do I bless myself, Sister Freeman? Well, there's grounds. Wait a minute. There's the scripture I've forgotten here that I wanted to share with you. Uh, it's in James chapter 3. Uh, this is still back now under, under blessing others. I, I forgot this and I mustn't forget it. In James chapter 3, I want to talk just a minute or two about that most dangerous part of your body. The part that has no bone in it. Verse 5 said, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, I greater matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame. Only God can tame your tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Listen, verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. This proves to me that the early church did use blessing because James even refers to it here in the book. Now then, let's go on to blessing yourself. Uh, number one, if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you've become the temple of God. And I've only got one temple to work for God in. You know, let me read you a little poem that God gave me. Here, I, I put this in the back of my Bible because uh, I like to be reminded of it. Uh, it's, uh, we only have one, uh, one body to work for God with. Oh, here it is. Uh, the name of this is Whose House? We're given temporary residence in a vulnerable house of clay. Without a lease or promise of time, eviction could come any day. Since the longest residency is brief, how careful and wise we should be to occupy each short golden moment in the light of eternity and nurture the clay house diligently, even though it came from a clod, for the king graces it with his presence to become the temple of God. So you live in the temple of God. It's perfectly legal for me to bless God's temple. <laughs> I have blessed headaches away. I have blessed the sore throat away. 
I have blessed the flu out the window because I have the privilege of blessing myself. Uh, you see, God wants to do many things for us. And I have blessed myself to be able to respond to situations that I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. My ex-son-in-law took me to dinner one day. What in the world do I talk about? He don't want to hear about God. He sure don't want to hear about my family. You get sit down for an hour and a half with sinners. <laughs> what do you talk about? And I blessed myself with being able to talk with this young man. And, and I remembered something I read about a car. So I, I mentioned that and got him started and mostly said, well, why and what do you think? And, and so I passed the time. And I'm, I'm, I, don't, I can't generally tell one car from another. My husband can't believe that. But uh, it, that anybody can live, you know, in the world and not know one car from another. But I pay no attention. Uh, but uh, you see, when I blessed myself, it worked. And let me tell you about my feet. I wear an awful size of shoes. Uh, they used to. I couldn't find the shoes, but then my feet changed size, uh, or they changed the sizing. I don't know what it is, but uh, I did a lot of complaining. And one day the Lord, after I preached blessing the first time, God said to me, now then, why don't you bless your feet instead of complaining about them? I wear a 10 and a half, 5 a toe, and 7 a heel. And they're just about as scarce as hen's teeth. I usually have no choice of style or color or anything when I can find a pair of shoes that is my size. And there's very few, even stores that advertise that they fit hard to fit feet do not have my size of shoes. If I ever found two pairs of shoes, it was very, very rare. But then I, I, bless, I bless you feet that are so odd size. You've taken me around the world. You've done a lot for me. And so I appreciate the fact that I can still walk on you and stand on you. And you've somehow or another helped me to find shoes when it would just get desperate sometimes. We've driven miles and miles and miles trying to find shoes to fit me. But I bless my feet. And in two weeks, we were at a camp meeting and my husband said, I noticed in the paper, they got a sale at this shoe store. We stopped at one time and found you two pairs of shoes. He said, let's go see what they got on the sale. Got there and I told the man my size and he said, certainly, madam, which shocked me. And then he came out with both armloads of shoes. And that had never happened to me before. It happens to other people often, but never to me. And I said, are those all my size? He said, every pair is your size, madam. And I tried it on, but I didn't, it feels good, but I didn't trust it. I looked at the box. I said, honey, this is my size. He said, she'll take them. He said that 12 times. <laughs> There's not many husbands that will go, uh, but I got an extraordinarily nice one, but he's not usually that nice. Uh, but he bought me 12 pairs of shoes that day uh, that, because there, some friends was with us and that man said, I can't believe it that you just without any, uh, 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 there were still two pair, more pair my size, but I, re I refused them. I said, no, 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 no. I just, uh, this is enough. I mean, I'm o overwhelmed with this. Uh, but he, that man, my husband said to that man, you don't know how we've struggled to find, find shoes for her. Well, one of the things that let me know that God wants us to bless ourselves was a store, true story of a lady in the hospital with very bad legs, been operated on three times. They had her in there wondering if another surgery is going to help and they couldn't even give her enough painkillers to kill the pain. And so she sent for a preacher and the preacher came and prayed for her and then he said, have you ever blessed your legs? 
And she said, no, they hurt too much. He said, they've carried you around the world for 65 years. Why don't you bless them? She started blessing her legs and three days later walked out of the hospital with no more pain and no more agony. And the doctors were absolutely baffled. And they asked her, what did you do? She said, I blessed my legs. This blessing yourself is a tremendous thing. Though some of you are still not convinced. Uh, let me tell you, uh, I have blessed my eyes. Uh, I got a little something wrong with my eyes that they, they were just jumping. And my husband said, well, probably it's overtired and lack of sleep, but I just blessed them and they straightened out. And let me talk about one of the things that is most important to us and that's what's here between our ears. Now, I don't like these jokes that make fun of the mind because there has never been a computer designed that equals what God put between your ears. The fact that we are so human that we don't want to use it and won't ever exercise it is not God's fault, it's our fault. They told me when I was going to school that we only used about 10% of our minds. Now they're saying we'll use less than 1% of what God has given us. We just say flat, well, I could never do that. We don't even try. We don't use what God has given us. And that is sad. I read an account by a a scientist, a Christian scientist wrote this and it blew me away. I couldn't even understand. I had to go to my husband and say, what is the man talking about? I, I want to understand this, but I can't. He said, I'll tell you how many times your mind is better than the best computer that will ever be built. I'm not even talking about the ones that are already built. They will never build a computer that will equal your mind. He said, this is how many times better your mind is than the best computer that could ever be built. He he said, 10 to the 57th power. Now that, that blew me away. I, I said to my husband, what does this mean? He said, write down 57 zeros. 57 zeros. And that's how many times better. That figure is how many times better your mind is than any computer that's ever been made. You see, God did everything he could to give us everything we need. And you can just, well, you can just hold your arm up and not use it and it will perish. I mean, you will not be able to use it. And we need to use what God has given us and something else. Don't you go around saying, well, I just can't remember like I used to. Bless it. Bless it. Bless your mind. Now let me tell you how good it works. Uh, in 1964, a blood clot went through my heart. I nearly died uh, and it destroyed my memory. I was from 4 o'clock in the morning until 9 o'clock with my heart beating once in a while. Nobody knew what kind of a shape I was in. My husband thought he was being kind and let me rest. When he finally come in at 9 o'clock to check on me, he found me nearer dead than a Fallen, come from the bathroom and fallen in the bed all crumpled up he straightened me out and they began to pray and I felt the minute that the blood clot moved out of my heart but my memory was destroyed I couldn't remember my grandkids in America this happened in Africa I couldn't remember saints that I had gone out and won they were like my own family my husband was so sweet he'd cover for me as much as he could but I, I have, was having a terrible time and God told me that I must write some 
things that happened in the past and I thought, how can I write what happened in the past? I can't even remember what happened last month. I, I can't remember anything, but I began to bless my mind. And then when God told me to write our experiences, some of them nearly 50 years ago in a book called Beloved Wide Spot, uh, he brought back to my mind every detail of everything that happened and he restored my mind by blessing. And I'm telling you that you need to bless your mind if in school, bless your mind. At work, bless your mind. At home when there are challenges, bless your mind. This is a powerful weapon. Like we do too much of the time. We can't do something. We can mean more to God because God gave us something to use and we need to use it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I wish that I had understood this many years ago. There's many things that's happened to us that if we had only understood the blessing concept, now we never enter into a home without blessing it. Wait, I don't get into an airplane. Maybe once or twice I may have forgotten, but I fly so much, but I try to bless every plane and every car. And then I can relax because I don't have to worry about anything when I got it all blessed. I mean, something happens to this plane, God bent for it to happen. That's the only way that it can happen. This is the most tremendous thing that has ever happened to me was when I learned that I bless God, I bless others, and I bless myself. Let me read you a scripture. Now, I found this one in my daily Bible reading uh, the year after God gave me this commitment to preach this. And my husband said, what in the world are you so excited about? I read it in Isaiah chapter 65, verse 16, that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. Woo! Hallelujah. And I didn't know that was in the Bible. And I, we read and don't understand. That's why you have to read so much and just keep reading because you don't know what's in this book. I mean, been preaching it for years. And then he that blesseth himself in the earth, bless himself in the God of truth. And who knows who the God of truth is like we do. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are supposed to bless ourselves in the God of truth. Now then let me just turn over to Jeremiah, just a few pages here. And read what he has to say along the same lines. He just makes, uh, uh, Jeremiah 4 says, and verse 2 says, And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth and judgment and in righteousness. Now that swear means declare. And the nations shall bless themselves in him and in him shall they glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And let me point out something to you. You bless Jesus, that's J. You bless others, O. You bless yourself, Y, spelled joy. <laughs> and I have had tremendous joy since I operated in the realm of blessing. Now, there is a book that has been written by two Christian psychologists called The Blessing. Uh, it used to be very expensive. I bought my first copies and a copy for me for each one of my children when they were fourteen ninety five. Now then, you can get it for four ninety five in most bookstores. And it's not just religious bookstores. That this book is in paperback now. The blessing, and he gives parents a lot of advice about how to bless their children. You make it memorable so that they will remember that you have blessed them. That they suggest having a special meal or a special treat and tell them ahead of time uh, we're going 
going to have something very special for you children. And what you do is you bless them. We've got a lot of rebellious teenagers. We've got a lot of rebellious 20-agers. And the reason is that the blessing that they should have had, they didn't receive. I didn't know this when my children were small, but let me tell you what I did. As soon as I learned it, I got on the phone. Uh, my, I've got children that are grandparents, but I blessed them and I told them they must bless their children and bless their grandchildren. And Grandpa and I bless the grandkids when we go to visit and the great-grandkids. God's given us 13 of them. Uh, and I want you to know that blessing is a tremendous not only a, a blessing to you, but it is a responsibility that we must bless. And Well, I just feel kind of bashful, Sister Freeman. Don't. Amen. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, it's not difficult to say, I bless you. Right. There's something I want to do for you, child. I bless you. I bless you. And then add it, make it powerful. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, it's not God bless you. It's I bless you. Husbands should bless their wives and wives should bless their husbands and children should bless their parents and their peers. This is the most tremendous thing that I have ever found in the word of God. Uh, you see, God has promised to lead us into truth. And what I have read, what I have told you today is all found in this book. And if you start, I started out underlining in my Bible every place that it said bless, uh, blessing. And I was amazed at how often it's found in the Word of God. You see, we have a lot of problems living in the world we live in today. And this is something that will make life easier for us and make our lives more profitable to God when we understand that we are to bless. Now, I want to close with one thing that... Uh, and after that, I'll, uh, I want to tell you, then after that, I want to read one more scripture, well, two scriptures. But uh, we were at a, a conference in Salt Lake City, and uh, Sister Beckton came to me and said, Sister Freeman, uh, this was before we retired from as regional field supervisor of Africa, said, Sister Freeman, they, the Mormons want 25 officials' wives to come to Brigham Young's home for a banquet. And she said, there is a price tag on it, $18. And I said, well, I can think of a lot of places to spend my $18 better than I'd like better than going to Brigham Young's house for a banquet put on by the Mormons. And I told my husband about it. He said, dear, you made a mistake. You should go. He said, take your Holy Ghost to Brigham Young's house. And perhaps God will help you to be a witness. Well, I went and hunted Sister Back to that, oh, sister, back to now. I'll go to that banquet and hear some. She said, no, no, you don't pay me. We'll pay there. But she said, I'm glad you'll go. She said, if I can just find two more, I'll have the 25. Well, I prayed every time I woke up, and I often wake up frequently at night. I prayed, God, I want to be a witness in Brigham Young's house tomorrow. Let me be a witness. I pray in Jesus' name. Uh, you see, sometimes we think of witnessing as what we say out loud. It isn't always. <laughs> and so uh, we got there, and I'm, they seated me in the middle of the table, and they start with their little program. First they told us all about their uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and I like to hear that choir sing. I've enjoyed some of their singing. They go to choir practice at a quarter to seven. I don't, can't hardly see Pentecostals getting that far along. But they have doctors and lawyers and teachers and school principals in that choir, and they're very, very strict. And if they miss without a very good reason, Reason, then they get one more chance and they're forever put out if they miss again. And 
We listened to all of that, and then the next lady got on, and she was the one that was supposed to bring the meat, you know, for the, from their point of view. And she's got it all memorized, and I'm just sitting there saying, I bless that lady. I bless her with truth. I bless her with understanding that what she's given us is false. And I'm not saying a single word out loud, nothing. I, it's all silently. And she starts, and she gets two or three sentences out, and she says, oh, excuse me, my thoughts wandered for a moment. So she goes back, and she starts over again. Well, when she starts over four times, Finally, she just turned to the other lady. She said, for some reason, I can't even do it. And she turned around and looked at me and pointed me. She said, you with a pink jacket on, who are you and what have you done? And what is there in you that there's something coming from you that, that's got me blocked? <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, you can be a witness without saying a word. But when you're in the face of things that are really evil and wrong, there's a way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Will every lady in the house please, please stand? Every one of you, just stand up, please. Every lady and every girl, I want every one of you to stand. I ask God to give me a blessing for you. And I'm going to read it. Brothers, your chance is coming. I'm not going to leave you out, but... <laughs> Uh, and, and at first I didn't understand why God gave me this one. But every time I read it, I see more and more. And I'll tell you where it's found. So if you want to go and read it, it's found in Psalms 121. I start with verse 5. I'm reading four verses here. I bless you with this, my sisters. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. I read this to a group of ladies one day. And a lady healed, sick with lupus was healed when I read that verse. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Women today are subject to an awful onslaught from the evil of this generation and the devil's plans. And I bless you with being preserved from all evil. You don't have to be afraid. And he shall preserve thy soul, body and soul. I bless you with being preserved. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. I bless you with being preserved going out and coming in. There never have been women that had to go out and come in as much as we do. It's school, it's carpool, it's grocery shopping, it's work and whatever it is. I bless you with being preserved by the power of God. Now then, will you remain standing while the men all stand? And I have a special blessing that I want to read to you. It is the blessing that God gave on the mountain. The Lord bless thee, brothers, and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And don't think that I have just read scriptures. Those are significant and you will feel the difference of them in your life. I have blessed all of you in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And you will be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.